If you have your Bibles with you this morning, and I hope you do, turn with me to the book of Genesis for just a minute. And um, we'll begin reading uh, in the first uh, verse of Genesis chapter 40. Chapter 40, the book of Genesis. This is quite an ordinary story that I'm sure you're familiar with, and there are there are just two things that I really want to um, to bring out in regards to this story. But look with me, and we'll read in verse one. It came to pass after these things that the butler of the king of Egypt. And his baker had offended the king, and Pharaoh was wroth uh, against two of his officers, the chief butler and the chief baker. And he put them in ward, and it was in the house of the captain of the guard into the prison, the place where Joseph was bound. And the captain of the guard charged Joseph with them and he served them and they continued a season in ward and they dreamed a dream both of these guys did in each man in his dream in one night each man according to the interpretation of his dream the butler and the baker uh, of the king of Egypt and Joseph came in to them and uh, <clears throat> he asked the Pharaoh's officers uh, that were with him in ward, wherefore look you so sad today? And they said to him, we have dreamed a dream, there's no interpreter of it. And Joseph said to them, interpretations belong to God. Tell me, uh, what they are, I pray you. And the chief butler told his dream to Joseph and said to him, In my dream, behold, a vine was before me, and in the vine were three branches, and it was as though it budded, and her blossoms shot forth, and the clusters thereof brought forth ripe grapes." And Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes and pressed them into Pharaoh's cup, and I gave the cup to Pharaoh's hand. And so Joseph said, this is the interpretation, this is the meaning of your dream. The three branches are three days. Within three days shall Pharaoh lift up your head and restore thee unto thy place, and thou shalt deliver Pharaoh's cup into his hand after the former manner when thou wast his butler. And then he says, Think on me when this will be well with you, and show kindness, I pray thee, and make mention of me unto Pharaoh 
and bring me out of his house. Now, I'm not going to read the rest of it. It's about the baker, and um, he had a, a similar dream and so forth, but I just want to concentrate on the, uh, on the uh, uh, first part of this. This, this. this chapter is about three men, Joseph and the butler, and, and the baker. So you can see that the Lord is writing to us, telling us something of a spiritual nature. Now, I don't believe that the Bible as we have it is just strictly an academic book. I don't, I don't believe that. Uh, because you can dot T's and, uh, let's see, is that right? No, you dot I's, don't you? But um, at, at any rate, you know, you do these grammatical things and so forth. But this is a spiritual book. The Bible is a spiritual book. And uh, so I think that's what the Lord's trying to tell us here. So in, in, and you can see readily, Joseph is a type of uh, the Savior. Uh, one man is blessed and saved. The other man is lost and condemned. Uh, that's the way it was with Jesus on the cross and so forth. And this is life-giving stories uh, because you see that this... Uh, vine that the butler saw budded, it blossomed, and it bore fruit, just like Aaron's rod. Uh, This was proof that Aaron was uh, the man God chose as high priest. So, if you see the spiritual leanings of this historical story, you will see some interesting things. And what I want to do is I want to emphasize two points. And I'd like for you to start thinking in regards to this. Um, This butler uh, is going to be restored. And this is part of what we're trying to emphasize uh, in meetings such as this is that one day uh, the Lord is going to restore the kingdom to Israel. And that's the question that the uh, disciples asked Jesus before He went back to heaven. Uh, There will be a time of refreshing and uh, restitution. And uh, this is... The, the kingdom rule. But I want to go back to this story and point out two things. If you look at this story in verse 12, Joseph says this man, the three branches are three days. Well, this man had a dream Bible says it was a vision. He had a dream. 
And the question would be, if this man had a dream and Joseph knew what this dream meant, why did he wait three days? You know, it looks to me like, you know, like when I pray, now Lord, I need 20 bucks. You know, I don't want him to wait three days. I want him to send it, you know, right then. But this is, this is a question. I'd like for you to think about this question for a little while. Why do you wait three days? And what, what do these three days mean? And what I'm going to say to you is my opinion. And you don't have to believe that. But when we get to heaven, you'll see it then like I do now. Uh, and you are wrong if you don't agree. But, but And don't take me seriously. But anyway, in my opinion, there was a great there was a great meaning to this. If you think about this, think of Abraham and Isaac. The Lord told Abraham, I want you to sacrifice your son Isaac. Well, you know that broke his heart. But did you know that he had to travel three days to get to the place uh, where he was going to sacrifice him? Why in the world would he do that? And if you'll just look through the Scriptures, you'll see this phrase over and over and over again and again. I know I got in trouble when we were in New York. Uh, <laughs> uh, I thought I was going to have to leave, but... Um, uh, when we were teaching about this, but think of this, and we won't get into that, but uh, three days. If you remember when the Lord took Elisha uh, and Elijah across the river, these people looked for Elijah for three days. You And I want to just kind of bore you for a little bit uh, in regards to this. When Paul was struck down on the Damascus Road, he was blind for three days. And Jonah, when he was uh, in the belly's fish, was in the belly's fish for three days and three nights. And there's just all manner of references to three days. And have you ever thought when the Lord Jesus suffered and bled and died and endured the shame of the cross, He was buried, but He was buried for three days. Why couldn't the Lord have just raised Him back? You know, that next day. Why, you know, what, what would have been wrong with that? whole bunch of things. 
So the question is, and what we're talking about here is why did this take three days? Now, sometimes the Bible uh, sort of disguises this. And sometimes critics talk about the Bible is filled with mistakes, not one. No way, not one. And let me show you one of the ways that that the Bible uh, uh, is attacked. Turn with me in your Bibles quickly to Second um, Kings. Um, let's see, Second Kings, and turn to chapter twenty-five in Second Kings. Israel is in captivity at this time. And um, in verse 27, 2 Kings chapter 25, and Israel's king is, is in prison. He's confined, hid. But look in verse 27. And it came to pass in the 37th year of captivity of the Jewish king Jehoiakim, king of Judah, 12th month in the 7th and 20th day of the month that Evil Marodek, king of Babylon, in the year that he began to reign, did lift up the head of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, out of prison. He spoke kindly to him, set his throne above the throne of the kings that were with him in Babylon, changed his prison garments, and he did eat bread continually before all the days of his life. His allowance was a continual allowance given him of the king, a daily rate for every day. This is the restoration, the enthronement, the clothing, and the feasting of the king of Judah, which is a picture of what the Lord's going to do when he restores. He's going to restore things. But there's a problem here. Will you hold your hand here? You're going to run out of fingers in a minute, but uh, hold your hand here for a minute. Turn to your right to the book of Jeremiah. Look in the last chapter, chapter 52, Jeremiah, to the 31st verse. Jeremiah chapter 52 and the 31st verse. 
And what you have is the same story. Came to pass in the 37th year of captivity that Jehoiakim, king of Judah, 12th month, 5 and 20th day of the month, that Ebal Moradak, king of Babylon, the first year of his reign, lifted up the head of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, brought him forth out of prison, and spake kindly to him, set his throne above the throne of the kings that were with him in Babylon, changed his prison garments, and he did eat continually before the king all the days of his life. And his diet was a continual diet given him of the king of Babylon. Now when did all this happen? Do you see the difference in these two stories? In, in the book of Jeremiah, if you look in verse 31, it was the 25th day. Ah, oh, but the critics say, you see, the Bible is filled with error. Because if you go back to 2 Kings chapter 25, you'll see it was the 27th day. Ah, oh, but there's a difference there. So what? Do you know what that means? 25, 26, 27, three days. And do you see, that's the secret to the restoration that the Lord has planned for us in His kingdom rule. Three days. And it wasn't necessary in order for the Lord Jesus to die on the cross, God could have raised Him back. But it would have disrupted the mathematical plan of the Lord in doing that. And I want to try to show you why. If you... Um, th this will take a minute. And if you'll just bear with us and um, and think along with us for a few minutes, I, I think it will it will prove to be beneficial to you. Look back with me, if you will, to the first chapter of Genesis. And like I said, this is my opinion, and you don't have to believe this, but. Uh, Maybe, maybe it will be worth your consideration. Now in Genesis chapter 1, you have the restoration of the earth after the, uh, uh, the chaos. But if you'll if you look down with me in Genesis chapter 1 um, to the 26th verse, God said, let us make man in our image. And so God created man 
on the sixth day. And that's the number of man. All through the Scriptures, it is mathematically correct that God created man on the sixth day. Man was to work six days. It's amazing how we've changed that, though, isn't it? Nobody wants to work six days. Uh, I know you. I usually tell people that I only work one day a week and it takes eight men to carry the money I make. But... Um, um, God created man on the sixth day. Do you know what his next day was? It was the Sabbath. It was the day of rest. It was the type of the kingdom rule of the Lord. Now, in my opinion, the next day was the day that Satan deceived Adam and Eve and they fell. And if this is true, and this is just my opinion, there would be six, seven, eight. That would be three days. Now, that is in my opinion the reason for the Lord continuously referring and using the three days. In the story that I've just read to you in Genesis 40, the Lord Jesus, or the Holy Spirit, is teaching us in three days, and because of the three days, the dream that the butler had will become reality. And the dream that we have of ruling and reigning with the Lord in the kingdom will become a reality in regards and on the basis of the three days. And that's why I think this is what occurred in the Garden of Eden. Now, now wait a minute. Think about what I've said to you. And if this were true, and if this happened in this respect, think of this. The day that Adam and Eve fell after the seventh day, would be the eighth day. Do, do you see that? If you don't, don't raise your hand. But do, do, do you see what I'm saying? That that day, and if you consider Genesis 1 and the days there, this actually would be the eighth day of the restoration, but it would be the third day in regards to Adam and Eve's life. Three and eight are associated together. Do you know one way they're associated together? Jesus was in the grave 
three days. Do you know what day it was? It was the first day of the week, which is, and actually, the eighth day. So, if you hadn't got the math, you know you need to go back to school and learn. But, uh, but do you kind of see what I'm saying? <clears throat> and the significance of this eighth day is prominent because that was the day of the resurrection of the Lord. Do you know what day that the Lord Jesus and John the Baptist and every Hebrew boy was circumcised them? It was the eighth day. And if you see that, and if you can comprehend that, and... Um, and if I'm explaining that uh, as well as I should, just think that's why all through the Scriptures he's referring to three days. Why was Paul blind for three days? Because the three days eliminated the blindness so that he could see. The three days with Abraham and Isaac changed the sentence of death to the preciousness of life. In Joseph Butler's case, it changed the dream to reality. And this is why there's... But that's not really too significant. But would it not be applicable? If you look at Hosea chapter 5 and 6, where the Lord says, for two days He will go back because they have rejected Him, but on the third day He will restore them and the kingdom rule of the Lord Jesus will come to pass. Now I want to inject something else. quickly uh, before our time gets gone. Look, look back with me if you're not there now in Genesis 1 and uh, Genesis 2 and think about what we've said. If what I have said is true, even if if you don't um, follow along with that, but if this be true, think of this. The Lord created man to multiply and replenish the earth. But if what we have said in regards to the three days occurred, they wouldn't have had time to do that. There would only be Adam and Eve. I know sometimes at weddings I say now, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you need to remember this. Eve said to Adam, Adam, do you love me? And he said, who else? Uh, But... uh, Anyway... uh, they had not reproduced 
But this would mean neither had the animals had time to reproduce. But when man sinned on this particular day, God clothed them with coats of skins. And men often say, you know, uh, well, this was probably a lamb. No, it wasn't. If the animals had not reproduced and they didn't have time either, you wouldn't know what they were. And just suppose that God clothed Adam with a male animal and He clothed Eve with a female animal, this would mean that that species was extinct. And that's what I think. That's just what I think. And here's why I think that. This would mean that Adam and Eve had a covering which was unique to them as individuals. And that's what happens today. That's what you and I have. We have a salvation for us. God does not save masses. He saves individuals. But did you know what else? This would mean that the world, the earth, lost something that it could never regain. There could not be any reproduction of these of this species because they were extinct. It was unique. And that's what God does for us when we're clothed with His righteousness and when we receive the Lord Jesus Christ. It's unique to us. And it's everlasting to us. And the world can never have us back again. Think of this. The first day, the sixth day, God created man. The seventh day was the Sabbath, typical of the kingdom. But what about the eighth day when they fell? That's why the Bible, in my opinion, says we are a new creation. We are restored back to the Lord. I hope I hope that's. Um, I hope it'll just arouse you to think about something, you know, even if you don't agree. Um, but at any rate, look back. Look back with me to Genesis forty, and uh, I'll, I'll close if, if you'll give us just a minute. We'll we'll close with this.
and remember, do you remember Thomas? Um, the doubter in John chapter 20, um, do you know when the Lord Jesus uh, showed Himself to him? It was after eight days. But did you know? Did you know that the only place in the Scripture, in the New Testament, where it refers to the nails, was when Thomas said that, and he's called the doubter. Remember that it was through him that the nails are referred to because God's going to put a nail in a sure place for us. The second thing that I want you to uh, look at in Genesis chapter 40 is the cup. This was Pharaoh's cup. You know, it was the cup that brought the brothers of Joseph back to him. Joseph slipped that cup into Benjamin's bag and that brought them all back. And you know, all through the Scriptures, the Scriptures refer to this cup. And you know that when some of the apostles come to the Lord Jesus, and I'm not going to turn to any of these passages, but I'll just refer to them. They wanted to know who would be the greatest and um, Jesus told him, you know, can you drink the cup from which I drink? Can you be baptized with the baptism which I'm baptized with? And they said, yeah, we can. And he said, you sure can, but you're going to have to drink the cup. And when Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper, Did He not make us a promise over this cup? That He wouldn't drink it again till He drank it with us in the kingdom of the Lord. And that cup is a symbol of that. And when Jesus prayed in the garden, why do you think that He said, Lord, let this cup pass from me. Here's my opinion. It may or may not be correct. The Lord Jesus was telling us, if you drink of this cup, there's suffering and anguish and difficulty involved if you live godly in this present life. 
And if you're a believer in the fact that the Lord Jesus is going to restore this earth one day, and if you believe that everything in the Bible is true and that Jesus Christ, God's only Son, who is the God-man, and He's coming again to rule and reign over this, over this world in a restored situation, you're going to encounter a great deal of difficulty. Will that difficulty cause you to fail? I really pray not. But then just to kind of hurry along, what's going to happen to those cups? <clears throat> you know, yesterday when Harris Housley brought me a little bottle of water, he should have put it in a cup. But you know why? You know why I said that? Because the Lord Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10, Whosoever shall give one of these little ones a cup of cold water will not lose his reward. Why do you think Jesus referred to cold water? That would be a, an excellent commodity in a hot land. No ice makers. Well, let me read you a passage, and I'm not going to ask you to turn there, but I'm going to read this passage to you from the book of Proverbs. In the book of Proverbs, the Scriptures tell us, as cold waters to a thirsty soul, so is good news from a far country. Do you know where the far country is? It's where the nobleman in the parable of the pounds has gone to obtain a kingdom. But what will happen, I'm going to close with this, what will happen to these cups? Look with me in your Bible. I'm going to ask you to turn there to Isaiah chapter 22 for a moment. And I'll close with this. Lest I think of something else. <clears throat> Isaiah chapter 22. And you need to read the chapter to uh, get the full scope of this, but I won't. I'm just going to read part of it. There was a wicked treasure in the land of Israel at this time. And in verse 20 of Isaiah 22. The Lord said, I'm going to call my servant. And if you look through the book of Isaiah, my servant is always a picture of the Lord Jesus and, and Israel. And his name was Eli Achim. And I'll clothe him. And I'll strengthen him. I'll give him 
the government in verse 21. And he'll be a father to the inhabitants of Israel. And in verse 22, he's referring to the Lord Jesus. And the key of the house of David will I lay upon his shoulder because that's where the government will be on his shoulder. In Isaiah 9. And if you look in Revelation 3, 7, you'll see this is a reference to the Lord Jesus Himself. Look what He says in verse 23. I will fasten Him as a nail in a sure place, and He shall be for a glorious throne to His Father's house. The reference to the nails in John 20 and the three days for the restoration to become reality coincide right here. The nail in a sure place. But what does that have to do with us? They sh- in verse 24, they shall hang upon Him all the glory of His Father's house the offspring, the issue, all vessels of small quantity from the vessels of the cups, they'll find their rest in the nail in a sure place when He comes in His kingdom. God bless you and thank you for your patience and listening. I hope that it's been a blessing to you.